Have you ever given up one thing in order to have something else? Have you ever given up one thing in order to have something else? The fact is most of us have. At some point or another, we have traded something we had in order to get something we didn't have. I was thinking about it on Halloween night. Uh, my kids traded sitting inside of a warm house in order to go out and walk on cold streets in order to get candy, right? And uh, they saved some money throughout the year so that they could trade some of that to buy small gifts for their friends here at Christmas time. When I was in middle school, it was not uncommon at all for me to trade time with my parents in order to play video games because I would much rather play video games than spend time with them. And then also in middle school, I started playing trumpet and that became kind of a love of mine for a while. And so I would often trade time with my friends in order to practice my trumpet. Once I got to high school, I gave up times with my friends in order to work at Pizza Hut and to make some money that I could spend on foolish things. And then later on in, in life, I went to college. And like many of you, in our time in college, we traded lots of money in order to get a degree, right? And so we made that trade, and we have the piece of paper up on the wall. We've given up time as parents, many of us, to go to our kids' sporting events and to, and to cheer them on and to support them. This time of year, we spend a lot of time wrapping presents and decorating the house, and it's all giving up. It's all trades. In this series we've been in, we've titled the series Giving Up. And if you haven't been here with us, we've talked about how in the original Christmas story, the people in that story, they gave up their time, they gave up their status in order to trade those things to be connected to God in a way that maybe they didn't expect in the beginning. And so the question has been for us, what is God calling us to give up? And sometimes trading things, giving up things is a no-brainer. My, my young kids now, if they have friends who invite them to come over and play at their house, and their only other option is to stay home and play with their brother and sister, it's a no-brainer. They say, well, sure, I'll, I'll go play tonight at the friend's house. I would much rather do that. For those of us, as we get a little older and we have one job and it comes along and someone else offers us another job that maybe pays more money or has better hours or a better location to go to work, it, it's a no-brainer for us to make those trades. But other trades are a lot more complicated. Other times when we're called to give something up, it, it's much harder. And so if you've ever tried to save to buy something, you know that initially it's pretty easy. You get excited about what it is you're going to buy, and you start saving money towards that thing. But then it starts getting harder and harder. And there's always that temptation to say, you know, I'll just trade everything I've saved up to this point and buy something else. I don't really need that thing all that much in the first place. Well, today's message is for all of us because it's about a trade. But I want you to know tonight that Jesus, uh, that, that Christmas is, is not about what we give up. Christmas is about what Jesus gave up. Christmas is about how Jesus gave up everything for us. And I can tell you the Christmas story, but I'm going to show you part of the Christmas story because I think it'll, it'll engage us maybe in a little bit different way. In 2017, there was a movie release called The Star. Now, it is Hollywood spin a little bit on the Christmas nativity story, but in the movie The Star, they tell the nativity story from the perspective of the animals. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, it's really cute, and I'd recommend that you watch it with your family. But as they tell from the perspective of the animals, there's two mean dogs who are out to hurt Mary. They're like the, the bad dogs 
in the story. And so if you would, watch this clip from the movie with me and just think with me this evening about what Jesus gave up in order to be with us and why we are gathered here to celebrate tonight. So let's watch this together. My kids were at the first service with us uh, yesterday, and they said, Dad, you should have let the movie keep playing and not talk so much. So sorry about that. <laughs> it is a really, really cute movie. But it's this awesome scene that we remember. The Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The birth of a child in and of itself is nothing extraordinary. There's lots of births. Some of you have big families with lots of kids, or you come from a large family. And so births in and of themselves, they're not extraordinary. There are hundreds of births every day around the world. And yet this one was different. It was different because of what Jesus traded. It was different because a child was born. So the question is, what child is this? If you would, go ahead and stand with me again. We're going to sing the popular song, What Child Is This, together. And as we sing, just consider the clip we watched. Consider what we've been talking about that Jesus traded for us. And ask yourself, what child is this? Trying to steal my candy, my goodness. Thanks, Nick. I'm really excited for that event that we're doing as a church. Uh, just as a little side note, really cool. Uh, you know, we get you hear a lot about how there's got to be a separation between the school and the church and all this, but um, the, the school is just really embracing us and advertising the event and really supporting us as we're supporting them. And so it's really neat to have that partnership with them. Kids, you had a good trade there. You traded your little piece of licorice for a big piece. Nick took the big piece, but I still have the little piece up here. And um, what I want to tell you is so amazing about the Christmas story that we're here to celebrate tonight. What's so amazing about the Christmas story is that God made a trade, but it wasn't a good trade for him in a way. It was a good trade for him in the sense that he gets to have a relationship with us, but yet he gave up so much in order to have that. Look at this scripture with me. I'll put it on the screen. I want to invite you to read the underlying words with me. This is the way scripture talks about it. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Read this with me. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he clung to the advantage of this status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, Jesus set aside the privileges of deity. He set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. Read this with me. Became human. Having become human, he stayed human. And again, read with me. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever, so that all of created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow before and worship this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. When Jesus was born, he gave up one thing for another. 
As scripture says, he had equal status with God. He existed for all eternity past with God. He was surrounded by angels who were praising his name. There's a the show on Netflix right now that's called Klaus, and it's about where Santa Claus came from. And in the show, there is a postman, and he's spoiled rotten. He sleeps on silk sheets. He's spoiled by his family. And so his dad, trying to teach him a work ethic, sends him to a faraway village where he has to learn to work really, really hard. And sometimes we think of Jesus like that, you know, like that the dad is, is sending him away to teach him some sort of lesson, but that couldn't be further from the truth. See, Jesus wasn't some spoiled child that needed to be taught a lesson. Jesus was worthy of every bit of praise that he was ever given. On the way in, kids, you were handed a small little candy cane like this. Now, I'm not going to trade you anything, so don't get your hopes up. But um, you were handed a small candy cane, and I have a really big candy cane. This is the only one like this in the room. This is the only candy cane like this in this room tonight. It's special. It's different. The Bible calls this holy. It's holy because it's set apart. It's different than every other candy cane in the room. The rest of them are like this, but this one is different. And that's how Jesus is. Jesus, for all time, is this, is special. He's different. He's set apart. He's different than everything else, and yet he trades. And he makes a trade to say, I will give up this status to become just like every other little candy cane in the room. I'll give up this status, and I won't even become a special candy cane. See, sometimes I think we look at the story of Jesus and say, why wasn't he born into a, a wealthy household? Why wasn't he born as a prince? Why was he born just as a common person in Palestine, a regular little candy cane. Why was Jesus born like that? To answer that question, I'm going to invite Margaret to come out, Margaret Edwards, and she's going to read to us from Luke chapter 2. And um, I would ask as you listen to her read this passage of scripture, ask yourself that question. Why would Jesus make the trade? And listen to the clues that are given in that scripture passage to us that tells of Jesus's birth. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude 
of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. If you don't mind, I'd like to pray for us. Father God, I thank you for another day of life. I thank you for everyone that is here tonight to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have given to us. Thank you, Lord God, that we as individuals can make that decision to follow Christ or not to, that you don't have us running around like robots and just doing whatever you want done, but that you give us the freedom of choice. And Father, I just pray that your word fell on good ground tonight and that it would change hearts and minds and that if you don't know Christ, that this would be a great time to get to know him and invite him into your life. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Thank you, Margaret. So why was Jesus born when he was and where he was? The answer is hidden in a little clue in the story about who was actually invited to the birth of Jesus. The only people outside of Mary and Joseph who were in the stable on that night were the shepherds. And I know we clean the shepherds up, we put white robes on them, we make them look nice with their little shepherds' crooks, and yet the reality is in a Jewish context, the shepherds were at the bottom rung of the society. Shepherds were seen as shady people. They were the kind, when you were walking down the street, if you saw shepherds coming towards you, you would cross over to the other side so that you didn't have to pass the shepherds. They spent their days birthing little lambs and killing old sheep. They were ceremonially unclean. They lived out in the hill country and only came into town on occasions. 
Shepherds were the seediest of people in their society. They were like that, that kind of different kid at school that nobody wants to sit with. They were like the, the person that's maybe like in some sort of profession that's just kind of looked at uh, with questions. And everybody just treats it like we're, we're just not sure whether to get close to you and trust you or not. And yet they're the only people invited to see Jesus on the night he was born. Let's put it together. Jesus had equal status with God. It was a humbling process for him to trade his status to become a human. Shepherds were invited to the birth. Jesus was born into poverty in a stable. When we add it all up, we arrive at the point of Christmas, and that's this. Jesus gave up everything for us so that we can have everything with him. Jesus gave up everything for us so that we can have everything with him. Jesus gave up everything for us so that we can have everything with him. I don't know where you're at tonight. Some of you feel like you have your life all together, everything's going well. Some of you feel like you're barely holding it together. Some of you have so many presents under your tree that they're spilling out, and others of you have no presents at all. Some of you are in a point where you feel like life is good, and some of you are thinking, I don't even know whether I want life to continue or not. The amazing good news story of Christmas is that Jesus gave up everything for all of us. It's an inclusive we. No matter where we're at, Jesus gave up everything for us, outcast or not, so that we can have everything with him. We can have peace and joy and hope and love and mercy and grace and forgiveness of sins. And this goes to everybody. It goes to our neighbor. It goes to our, our friends. It goes to our parents. It goes to our kids. It's across the board an invitation for all people. And what's amazing is that Jesus didn't just make this choice one time. Yes, he gave up in order to be born, but when he was about 30 years old, Satan took him out and offered him the world. And once again, Jesus said, no, I don't want the world. I want these folks some 2,000 years down the road. And then later on, when Jesus is about 33 years old, he goes to a cross, and he can at any point say, I'm done with this. I want to get off of the cross. And yet Jesus says, man, I will give up my own life. I will suffer and die because I'm willing to give up everything for, for the people sitting in this room tonight, for the people who were here yesterday and heard this message, for people in churches that will be gathered all over the face of the earth over the next couple of days celebrating God with us, Emmanuel. And so I want to say to you again that Jesus gave up everything for us, for you so that you can have everything with him. Starting on January 5th, our church is starting a new message series that is called Move. And I'll just show you a graphic of what we're, we're going to do with this series. And so we're kind of um, playing a little bit off of that um, 80 Stranger Things theme. I have my leggings that I'm going to wear to the series, so um, you all can look forward to that. I joked it was either that or the Richard uh, Simmons pants. And so... You know, I think the leggings are probably better. But we're starting this MOVE series on January the 5th in order to talk about very practical ways that we can move closer to God. 
Little things that we can do in our daily life to move ourselves a little closer to God's will for our life. Just small, small choices, and yet can make a very large difference. But in order for us to move closer to God, we've got to first realize that he made a big move to start with. He moved first. That while we were still far from God, while we're still sinners, Jesus said, you know what? I will make a trade because I love you that much. And now we get to go in front of God and, and he sees us as his special child because of what Jesus did for us. And so Christmas is about a trade, but it's about an awesome trade Jesus made. He gave up everything for us so that we can have everything with him. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the reminder of the Christmas truth of the story of the gospel. Thank you for coming and being born into this world so that we, in turn, can be born again and can come into your presence. God, thank you for sending Jesus. And as we gather in this room tonight, God, I know we're all at different places, but, but um, Lord, may we understand what it is that you have given up for us and may we joyfully accept it as we celebrate tonight the birth of our king thank you jesus it's in his powerful name that we pray